Tears on my pillow that won't dry on their road beyond my ears. I've no sorrow, but today I don't walk alone. Welcome to the Thursday Night Alcoholics and God Speaker Step Series. Here's Brian with our joke now. All right, here's your joke for the night. A normal drinker finds a fly in his beer and asks the bartender to pour him a fresh drink. A heavy drinker finds a fly in his beer, pulls it out by the wings, and continues drinking. An alcoholic finds a fly in his beer and yells, spit it out, spit it out. Thank you, Brian. I am a recovered alcoholic. My name is Dana. Thank you for joining us tonight. In a minute, we're going to start our two-minute meditation, so please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all your devices that make noise that might and will distract others. Take this time to get connected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the step study tonight. Is everybody ready? If so, let's start the meditation.
And now would you join me in the fog light prayer? If you're unfamiliar, the prayer itself is on our screens to our right and left. God, let your light shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. Amen. There is a solution from the big book, page 17. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. I've asked Thomas to read Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. And we read this because the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have one, so it's kind of important to know what one is. Here's Thomas. My home group is Traditional Steps. I'm an alcoholic, and my name is Thomas. And today, guys, today's the best day of my life. Spiritual experience. The term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change significant to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionaries changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feelings and outlook. Among our rapid growing membership, of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations through frequent are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James called the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the differences long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has, un, has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of the power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most 
emphatically, we wish to say that an alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are essential of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer, Alcoholics Anonymous. Please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. This is a tech-free meeting, so set your phones to airplane or meeting mode or just turn them off. So... I am grateful to be standing up here this evening for Paulette's 12th session with us. You know, reflecting recently, I've thought to myself that it's quite the fitting salutation she extends to us every week with her sincere, hello, travelers. Because it really has been a journey she's helped guide us through on this foundation of life we refer to as the steps. Humble, engaging, thorough, and most certainly an emissary of our book. Without further ado, Paulette. She's growing up nicely, baby. <laughs> He's growing up nicely, isn't he? Very much, and I get to watch it. It's nice, eh? Oh, my. Uh, bittersweet, eh? Yeah. 12 weeks. There goes my stalker for next year. Don't know about that, but... It's been a bittersweet journey, but I thank you. I was saying this to um, Alexis as, we were, as she was sharing her, um, uh, her growth with me. I was thinking about what you have given me for the past 12 weeks. Um, so much has happened in my life in 12 weeks that it's just amazing. Thank God I write it down so that when I go through s strange upheaval, I can look back and see the evidence um, what I call faith, um, that you have gone through this, you can go through that. It's important for me. So I just want to thank this group again before I forget how much I am in your death for this wonderful opportunity that you have given me for the past 12 weeks. You have given me a, a new sense of purpose. Um, you have allowed me to redouble my efforts. Um, because left to my own devices, I would not want to do it. Um, and so my commitment to live in this way of life has been um, infused by your group and every one of you who I have met that I will never forget, who are now a part of my family. I just want to say thank you for extending your arms and your, and your hugs and your words 
They have left an, an uh, they have left a footprint on my heart. Thank you. So let's go get down to what I'm here for, the twelfth step. And um uh Thomas kind of read it for us and gave us a preview, spoiler alert. It's about the 12 steps after we have finished reworking them the way they were designed to work. But I'd like to begin um, with my prayer, the set-aside prayer that um, my previous sponsor, Dorothy H., gave to me years ago that I use when I am doing step work. And um, it's called a set-aside prayer. There are many versions of this prayer, but this one she gave me um, means a lot to me. And it goes like this, my dear fellow travelers. By the way, I'm saying this because um, I, it's about God of my own understanding. If you are not um, comfortable with God, as I, the God consciousness or the God concept that I use, I just beg of you, please keep an open mind. Um, something that may come out of me tonight may help you and move you into a new way of thinking. Uh, so um, it goes like this. Dear God, please set aside everything I think I know about myself. This book, my disease, these steps. And especially about you, dear God, so that I may have an open mind and a new experience with all these things. Please help me to see the truth. Thank you for your indulgence. I am an alcoholic, and I am a member of the One Day at a Time group of Alcoholics Anonymous located in Miramar. My home group meets every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Should you ever get lost in Miramar on a Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, please come by. We would love to have you. I sponsor and I am sponsored. Uh, to me, that's the difference between work and working. I do have a sober date and my sober date is January 28, 1995 and my name is Paulette. Hello, fellow travelers. Ah, step 12. You know what I have to do, right? I got to read it as it's written because I'm not super sober. So I am, I am inclined to add a word in there that will help me, motivate me to do it. You know, I would like to edit Bill's writing because that's what I, my alcoholism is like. So I read it every time, no matter how long I've been coming and doing and working and practicing these principles or what I would like to call at this stage of my recovery, the laws. I prefer to refer to the principles as laws because they're older than man itself. And I believe that that's a way for me to really think about it. How do I want to live my life today? Step 12 talks about this. And step 12 says, having had a spiritual awakening as the results of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles, laws. 
in all our affairs. That's what 12 steps, the 12 step asks for us to do. Chuck full of stuff for me to do. The joy of living, it's the theme of this, um, Bill says, in the 12 and 12, because I will be using that. And some of my reading comes from my, my dear fellow traveler, Joe McHugh. I love how he breaks it down, too. Helps to focus me on it. And he talks about it. I want to talk. I'm going to go backwards in, 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 in breaking down the steps, because those of you who have listened to me do this step study know that I like to break down the steps in different ways because it helps open me up to a new experience because every time I do this I get something new you know and I, I know now that it's because I am I'm open a little bit more and so you know um, it's, it's, it, it says to me practice these principles in all our affairs and I want to I want to take a look at that first because if you're like me, I don't like the word practice. Practice means work. Practice means that I've got to behave. Practice means I've got to live a certain way. And as a human being, I tend to want to veer off track because my alcoholism is alive well as much as I am sober. And, um, and so there is times when it tells me certain things in the midst of something else. I get this bright idea and put my foot in it. But it talks about it. It says, Bill says, and this is from the 12 and 12 for those of us who wants to go home and practice this. Read it first. Here we begin to practice all 12 steps of the program, program in our daily life. So that we and those about us, you may find emotional sobriety. This is what this is about. Emotional sobriety. Which means that I will now learn if I practice these principles, these laws, in all aspects of my life, in foul weather or fair weather, that I will be able to respond appropriately to every emotional situation. And that's a tall order for an alcoholic like me that has great ideas. That would like to fix you so I can feel better about me. Because after all, it is about me, isn't it? And so he's saying that with, when the 12th step is seen in its full implication, full implication, it is really talking about a kind of love without price tag. Don't know about you. I'm always one of those folks. Thank you, God, a day at a time. Progress, not perfection, that I have can give freely without expecting anything in return. It's important at this juncture of my life that when I give of myself, I don't expect anything because every time I expect you to respond in kind, I get myself in trouble. And now, because now I want you to respond the way I expect you to. My expectations have always been a, one of my problems. And this is not, so by this juncture, the 12 steps, I now stop doing that. A day at a time, progress, not perfection. Progress meaning growth. And so, 
what I would like to talk about is the, um, the part of the 12 steps in practicing these principles. What am I going to be practicing, my dear fellow travelers? And what he talks about is that he says this in a, in a loving way to me. He says, um, first of all, he gave me a guarantee. Step 12 is a guarantee for me. Remember, this is my experience, strength, and hope, and how to practice these principles or laws into my life. Step 12 for me is a guarantee. Don't know about you, but guarantee is important for an alcoholic like me. I need a sure thing. This is a sure thing. He says that. It's a promise that if I take the first 11 steps as they are laid out, then I am sure, I'm guaranteed that I will have a spiritual awakening. Now I've got to stop here for a minute because spiritual awakening for each one of us is an individual adventure. How you become spiritually awake is entirely different than how I come to it. Bill had a sudden upheaval. That's trend, and my, my friend that calls it transmuted. I, I are one of the educational variety. Too smart for my own damn good. So it's a gradual process. I am absolutely coming to every day. I am every day being spiritually awakened by practicing these principles or laws to the best of my ability in every situation. Because at this juncture, this alcoholic no longer compartmentalize my life. I am gradually coming together as a complete human being. And so what he's saying here is that because I have been able to tap Thomas, my brother, you read it. Tapped the unsuspecting inner resources. Tapped every day. Just like how some of us used to tap those little dark alley, the doors, not knowing who's behind it, and stick our money in it. They don't know what we're going to get, but we're sure we're going to get something to take us out of our minds. You remember those days? Well, this is to think of it that way. Tap an inner resources every day. Five, page 569 to 570 tells me if I do that every day, I am able to awaken. I am going to be awakened. And he says this because I am going to be provided with strength. Strength. Power is strength as he talks about it in the spiritual realm. Strength, power. And my spirit is awakened to receive it. So now he's talking about this. And because he had a sudden upheaval, I didn't. I had a gradual. I was six months sober when I came to in a meeting and realized that something has happened to me. And I can't tell you how it happened. Six months sober. In the middle of a meeting. Scared the bejesus out of me. Because not only did I have the obsession to drink had been lifted, I was now feeling different, thinking different. I was going to meetings every day without even thinking about it. You know, I developed sober feet. 
These are things that happened to me at six years sober, six months sober. These are sudden, not sudden, they were gradual by doing, practicing what was being taught to me and working the steps. And so what he's talking about when he says this, it was unique to me that I was feeling this way, but I had a guide, a sponsor to take me through it. Now, I want to just recap for a minute about these, these steps, because it's important to go through them, because out of working these steps, day in and day out for me, that's why, it's, it, that's why I thanked you so much, because doing step study means I've got to do the steps. And so what happened is, step one says, it, Bill says it's an amazing paradox, and I agree. We found that we were totally unable to be rid of the alcohol obsession until we first admitted. First admitted. And I would like to say that is where willingness comes in. You and I may not recognize willingness on that level, but that is the rudimentary phase of willingness. It started that way. My first admission that I was powerless was my first introduction to what willingness looks like. And underneath that willingness, I'm here to tell you from my experience, strength, and hope that there was an underlining current of humility, a clear recognition of who and what I am. That was happening to me in step one. And he's talking about that. Then he says, in step two, I, I saw that since I could not restore myself to sanity, which means a sick mind cannot... One sicky can make a sicky well. So what happened is I could not restore me to sanity, soundness of mind, lack of proportion, can't talk my way into wellness or sound thinking. And so then he says, once I saw that, then there was something else that I needed to find. And he says, must necessarily find a power greater than myself, a higher power, whoever it, she, or they may be. Can't be me. So if I do that, then I will be able to survive. Not only am I surviving, I'm thriving. Not only am I thriving, I am doing things beyond my capabilities. And then he says here, con then consequently, step three says, turn, we, I turn my will, which is my thinking, and my life, which is the sum total of my thinking into action, over to the care. Care meaning serious attention and consideration applied to me. If you're self-centered as I am, that should ring a bell for you. You should jump to the, to the front of the line. That's the kind of care, the higher power that I have does for me. I had to make a decision to do that. And then he says, it doesn't matter whether you're atheist or agnostic. All are welcome. There is room for you. Because you can form your own conception of a higher power. Then he talks about it when he says, in step four, 
I commenced to search out the things that blocked me from that sunlight of the spirit or that higher power. What is he talking about? It says those are the things that brought me physical, moral, and spiritual bankruptcy. And so I need to go back to the scene of the crime. That's what step four really is for me. The scene of the crime. I become a CSI. I got to go detect to find those things that have made me physically, morally, and spiritually bankrupt. In order for me to get what 12 is talking about. And then he says... Once I do this, I have to be fearless about it. There is no way I'm going to find these things if I'm going to be wishy-washy. I've got to be serious looking. Turn on that searchlight. Just like how you would take my inventory, which is none of your business, but you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> you shall put it anyway in there. And he's saying that. We're looking at this. He says, here's what he says. Now, once I do this, he says, and now I have to tell you. I got to tell God and I got to tell you why. Because I need to get rid of all of this ego that keeps me away. Makes me feel unique, better than. All of those things that is part. I have to get. And here is where I think humility really makes a sudden rush. Because now I got to tell you who I am. Really who I am. What I've seen. And so what he's talking about is that he says I should do this because I have to quit living this deadly business of living alone. Isolation. I need to pull you in. I need to pull God of my understanding in. I need to tap that inner resource. And then he says to me, he says, and then I balked because I found the scums. In my step six, that tells me exactly what's going on on a daily basis. You know, whether I am actually, whether I, whether I am, my, my ego is always running the show. What is it about that? What, why do I don't want to give up gossip? Why don't I want to stop bragging? Why do I think I have to play the big shot all the time? What it is about me? That makes me want to build up a wall all the time to make you think that I'm not human. That normal everyday occurrence in life does not affect me. That I am above it. He says I got to be ready to give those things. Let it go. Entirely ready. You know what's going to be wrong with me if I say you, today I'm lonely. Don't mean that I am going to be lonely forever. You know I, it's, it's, it's that part of me that has to be broken down. And then he says, if I do that, then here I am living the biggest thing in my life. I have become a child that is teachable. I have learned how to live a life that I have adapted these laws. And I probably will do it every day if I am serious about it. And so he's talking about, when he says seven, he says... What I have to do is to make a settlement with the fundamental principles of step six. 
that while I still have some flaws in my character, Thomas talked about the personality. He's talking about it. He says, even though I have these flaws that I am not ready to relinquish, he says, I ought to nevertheless quit the stubborn ones. There is even room for negotiation in this design for living. And then he says, I should never say no, never, which is important for me to remind myself. Now, step eight is talking about house cleaning, where I have to find not only the conflict in myself, but I also have to find the conflict that I have with you and other situations. Then I got to go out and stop saying I'm sorry and says, what can I do to make this right? Every alcoholic should erase that thought as my, my sponsor Elizabeth likes to talk about. Erase the thought of I am sorry. No longer exist. What can I do to make this right? Restitution. And then um, he talks about that and we go into 10. Because right now I need to be of peace. And so I've listed all these folks making direct amends. And then now I am on 10, 11, and 12, the basis of living. I don't know about you, but that's important for me. How do I live sober? This is what this is about. Step 12 for this alcoholic is about faith. I am evidence that this thing works. When I stand before you, and speak my truth with whatever is going on with me and relate it to the step and how I gradually get to practice it in my life to give me relatively peace and comfort and bring me closer to you so that I can remain a productive human being. That's evidence. Faith. Step 12 is faith for me. It works. You don't have to agree with me because we quit the debate in society. And what happened is, what I have done by doing those things, I have got what he's talking about as a spiritual awakening. Now, Bill says, what is this spiritual awakening? You don't have to make it up. If you read the book, he really tells you what it is. He says what it is, is on page 106, 12 and 12. He says, when a man or a woman has a spiritual awakening, the most important meaning of it is that he has now become able to do, feel, and believe that which he could not do before on his unaided strength, power, and resources alone. I have found for me, just by telling you my journey, Edward died August 2022. Officially on his death certificate, it's 831. He died in my arms and his sister's arms, 830, 2022. It's not even six months yet, maybe. And I have been here every week. 
I have laughed, I have talked, I have shared, I have been a part of, I have went out for meals, I have called people, people have called me, I have met every one of my sponsees, I have kept my commitment, and I have been able to do my morning meditation and prayer in spite of how I may feel. I have not missed a day of work, even though I have killed off thousands of people in my mind. I am telling you, this is what he's talking about for me. And in all of those activities, which is the sum total of my life, I have not yet once thought of a drink or a mood-altering substance to take me out of this world. Tell me that isn't a spiritual awakening. And I'm not unique. What I have is I've been, I have tapped on unsuspecting inner resources. And I, I touched on talking to my, about my sponsees. I've got about six sponsees. And I have to tell you that I have met with each one of them each day of the week. They have their own slot and we make it work. But I have to tell you, what I carry is the message. I don't fix them. I do not attempt to tell them things I don't know anything about. What I carry is the message that I just share with you with, for the past 11 weeks, 12 weeks. The message of hope I have to meet them where they are it doesn't mean in my mind that I wish they would move a little faster that I want to tap them on the head and say wake up don't you see what's going on what I have done sometimes I've done what old timers did to me I tricked them into doing some of the things and then when they're in the middle of it they realize they were tricked and then they feel so good about it, they just keep going. But it is the message of hope. That's all this is. I carry the message, this message, which is from the 12 step, the laws of how it worked for me. That's what this is. Nothing else. And when he talks about what I am able to do and feel and believe, not on my own resources, I will go back to 11. And step 11, in the 11-step prayer, he says this. He says, Lord, make me a channel. This is a spiritual awakening. You can't do this if you haven't been awakened. Because you don't want to be a channel. You want to be the center of attention. Then he says that where there is hatred, I may bring love. No ordinary human being such as myself can ever do that. Without tapping that inner resource. Then he says here. He says that where there is wrong. That I may bring forgiveness. Uh-uh, I want to have a resentment. Because you should know better. How dare you do that to me. Don't you know who I am. Forgiveness later for that. You can't do this. In the 11th step and practice this in all your affairs. If you haven't been spiritually awakened such as myself. Day at a time. Progress not perfection. And when he says where there is discord. I should bring a harmony. And I call it we love chaos. Confusion. And now when there is discord. I should be the one bringing harmony. 
Oh, my God. First time I did it with my family. Remember, I am West Indian. Trust me, on a holiday, everybody gets together. And they will be, they will be drinking. I don't. And then all of a sudden, the dominoes, they're playing dominoes. And what happens? Somebody did something and everybody's arguing. And there's a fight going to ensue and all that food is going to be thrown on the ground. And I have to get up and I have to be the one. I have to be the grown-up. Growing up. I have to find the words to say to stop that. How do I find those words that will stop someone from going to anger? I can't do it without tapping that inner resource. Unsuspecting inner resource. It's like I've got the secret and they don't know I got it. And that even gives me a little bit mojo. You know, they're like, damn, she's spiritual. And I'm like, yeah, it ain't no spiritual. We know what it is. It takes work. <laughs> a whole lot of work to do that. To bring that harmony into discord so people don't start to kill each other. You know, and what it, it talks about when he says, when there is error, may I bring truth. It takes a grown-up. To own up to the responsibility that I have made a mistake. It takes a grown-up that stand up in front of you and look you in the eye and said, I have done wrong. It, it takes more to say that I absolutely should have never done that. You can't do this without doing the full implication of the steps to get the laws and adapt them and make them your own so they now become a design for living. So that you do not think about it, you just practice it. It becomes a working part of my life. That sometimes it happens and it even scares me because I didn't even think about it. And it's like, damn, you t why did you have to say the truth? It comes. This is what he's talking about. He says, where there is despair, may I bring hope. That's what I bring to a newcomer or somebody who's going through a rough time and comes to a meeting and they're telling me about what's going on with them. May even if I don't say anything but just by standing there listening to them, it gives them some kind of hope. Somebody is listening to me. Somebody sees me. Somebody knows that I do feel pain. This is what this is talking about. You have to really be spiritual awakening to do this. This cannot be on your own strength. And he says here, may I bring light where there is sadness. That's what you have given me for these past 12 weeks. The, my sadness and for my loss is a living, breathing thing. But I don't wear it as a cloak. You guys have allowed it to be light. You guys have allowed me to walk around with my sadness and be joyful about it. Because of it, in spite of it, I can bring hope. How cool is God? The God of my understanding. It allows me to not feel shackled to loss in spite of it. This is what he's talking about. I comfort people when I don't feel like it. 
and it comes second nature because it gets me out of me. Especially alcoholics who don't want to do the work, they just want to wah-wah. And I want to say, get off it. But I had to allow them where they are. Comfort them. Understand where we are. I understand because somebody understood where I was and waited for me and took me by the hand. You can't do that if you're not spiritually awake, my dear fellow travelers. The 12 step of Alcoholics Anonymous, absolutely. He says it is necessary for me to be able to do these things. So when he gave us a preview in 11, and those of you were happy, joyous, and free thought, that was it. He was telling you something else. He was setting you up. And what it was happening, because one of the things that I had to work on before Ed died was forgiveness. I did it for about a year. And I went to three work forgiveness workshops. Uh, one of them, um, two of them my sponsor did. She hosted it and I was a participant. And I am grateful that I did it because I was able to let go of whatever I could not forgive Ed for in those three sessions within that year because I did not know at the time that he was going to die. But when he died and I got a moment to sit with my thoughts, one of my greatest gratitude was that I did not have anything to forgive to work on for where my relationship with him was. It had been lifted. This is what I'm talking about. I don't want to have those regrets when I practice this 12 step. He's talking about this. He says, when I am in, he, he goes as to say, he says, here is the irony that shows the power of the God of my understanding. I have taken my problem what is my problem? Alcoholism. I am my own problem. Alcoholism. Whatever it was, I was powerless over. Whatever was destroying my self-worth, destroying my life, giving me guilt and fear and shame and making me feel like zero and fi finally become willing to let go of that, I have come to believe I have made a decision and I have taken the actions and then after I have gotten God's direction, a God as I understand God, directions into my life, I come to the 12th step and I find out and here is it. The thing that seems the worst that I hated about me is really the jewel of my life. Sit with that for a minute. As an active alcoholic, and my behavior and all of the characteristic is what allows me to stand here today. I can share my journey with you. It is my jewel of my life. How could that happen? That as an alcoholic, wretched soul, People have marked me off their list. I have had people taking bets that I wouldn't make it to 40. Shame on them. Because I way past that. Look better than they are too. 
How could that be? And he says, it has become really the jewel of my life, my alcoholism. It's the jewel of my life. I no longer is ashamed of it. And what he says here, in the end, is the only thing I have enough understanding of. My alcoholism that I can share with you. That is my wealth. It is my wealth. How do I live with alcoholism and share what I gain with you? That's the message. And so when he says things like that, I get it. Because I'm like, oh my God. You know, that I'm, he says, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous is a design for living. No doubt about it. It is what I practice every day to the best of my ability. And so when I says that it is by dying, the killing of the old self, now emerges this new person. This is a new Paulette. God, as I understand God, has chipped off a couple more rough edges. And here emerge, oozed, the primordial, he call it the primordial ooze that we come out of. Is that's a new birth. What I was last year is not what I am today. Twelve steps, the 12 step tells me that by the time I get, and by the way, it is so deep that I really want you guys to get into it, to read how much the 12 step is laid out in the 12 and 12. Bill really goes into it because it is important because it's not only about service on one level. It's service without price tag. It's unconditional love. I don't want to go to a meeting. Don't feel like it. I come home. I work hard. I've had these crazy professionals who really need a program. And I just cannot stand it. I am tired. I want to decompress. And somebody calls me and said, I'm having a problem. I don't want to listen to them. I said, okay, meet me at a meeting. I don't want to go to the meeting. But I go. And here's what the amazing thing happens. Somebody in that meeting was waiting to see me attend the meeting. Just my presence in a meeting is a form of 12-step work. How cool is that? And how do I know? Because alcoholics can't keep their mouth shut. Because they're going to tell you. I was dying to see you at a meeting. And I was looking for you as if if you didn't show up, I was going to do something bad. I don't have that power. But yet, the God of my understanding allows me to show up at a meeting I don't want to go to. And in that meeting, somebody's life has been changed. Not because I'm powerful, but I'm able to do things with, uh, which I could not do on my own unaided strength, power. Sober feet took me to the meeting to help another alcoholic. And here it is, there's another one just because they wanted to see me at the meeting. Go to the meeting that you can't stand. Go to the meeting that everybody in there sucks. Sit in there, you know, get up and do something. Stick your hand out. Hello, I'm Paulette. How are you? And you will be amazed when you leave that meeting how good you feel. That's 12-step work. 
And so when I do all of these things, people say, Paul, you give the amazing hug. You know why? Because I never want to forget that when I walked into the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous, I was unhuggable. I wasn't worthy of a hug. How sad of an individual that is. And those people gave it to me regardless of how I felt about myself. They would say, here, Paul, let's sit right there. You want a cup of coffee? What do you need? Take everything I needed was given to me without anybody saying to me, you better stay sober. They did not even say it. In fact, they were mean about my sobriety. They said, if you don't believe what you see here, you can go back out after 90 days and your, your misery will be refunded. I thought that was very unkind and cruel to say to somebody. But it was getting down to what was my problem, but they showed it to me through love. This is what this is talking about. There is not a problem that I don't have that I cannot use the 12 steps or the laws. If I am willing, humble myself, tap the, the unsuspecting inner resources, take the actions, look at my inventory, go back to the crime scene, see where I have committed a crime, take care of it, ask the God of my understanding to give me the strength so I can go out and make this right, if it be your will. What a way to live. All my life I've been trying to find a way to live. Relatively peaceful. Comfortable in my own skin. To like me to the point where I actually can look myself in the mirror. And understand that my dark past is my greatest jewel. And to understand that I can do and help somebody by just carrying my message of how this works. Nothing else. How it works. All the other stuff falls into place. Sometimes I can't wait till it, it comes. But patience is God timing in my life. So I don't know when it's going to happen. And so when, that, when he says things like that. He says. I do have to look at how self will. And what it can do. Or I can choose to live by these principles or laws. Step 12 is an amazing way of the, incorporating all of these steps. In order for me, it's like a bridge. It takes me from the bridge of reason to the shore of faith. And if you can, if you can visualize that kind of bridge, you can see all how the steps are built into this bridge. And if I'm able to do this one day at a time, not perfectly, but pro progress, not perfection, I can be on the shore of faith with you. Because after all, the 12th step is faith, evidence that it works. Thank you. Thank you, man. Don't, don't leave yet. Oh, don't leave? No, don't leave yet. Um, That's ominous. So, as a special thanks for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us these past three months, we have a couple of gifts for you. <laughs> and now, Carly, getting gifts. <laughs> yes. First gift is two 
Collectors, limited production, first edition, big book, refrigerator magnets. (laughs) Thank you, And the second gift we have is a limited edition coffee mug. Oh, my God. Thank you. And a little bookmark. Oh, I love that. So thank you so much. I love you. Continue. Oh, I get flowers. I get flowers to James. I love you. Love you, brother. Love you very much. Ooh, man, that was good. I'm going to ask you for one more round of applause for Paulette, please. And now I'm going to ask you for another round of applause for David, our secretary with the secretary's report. She does give a great hug, by the way. Uh, Hi, my name is David, and I'm your recovered alcoholic secretary. In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. We also have QR codes on uh, the back of some of the chairs if you want to contribute through Venmo. Um, And I have asked Tony to come up and read the recovered statement. Let's give him a round of applause. Good evening, family. Uh, I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Tony. Recovered. We're not cured of alcoholism. Recovered, but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured we would be able to drink responsibly. Nope, we're not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we, but we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than his body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Thanks, Tony. We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what exactly it means to be a recovered alcoholic. 1940-style big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition of Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe and experience is that God has not changed over time. And neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% plus success rate. Is there anyone in the room uh, who needs a sponsor? 
if you're a little bit too shy to raise your hand, um, uh, come up to the front of the room, stand by the piano um, after the meeting, and, um, and um, somebody will come over and speak with you. Uh, can I have a show of hands of recovered alcoholics? Good percentage. Um, anyone whose hand isn't raised, um, you know, we'd like to suggest that you hang out with those whose are. Um, <clears throat> so, um, Broward County Intergroup. Um, wait, sorry. I lost my place again. Uh, okay, so, um, okay, Broward County Intergroup is where you buy AA-related literature and medallions. Uh, Intergroup is uh, also responsible for creating the where and when and scheduling the AA hotline. Um, stop by and visit them. Is there anybody? Uh, yeah, no, sorry. That's the next one. <laughs> uh, Broward County Institutions Committee is responsible for bringing... Uh, uh, meetings into places where people like us can't get out to an AA meeting, such as jails, detoxes, and rehabs. They meet uh, monthly to organize the meeting schedules at the 12-step uh, 12, 12 house. Do we have any members of BCIC committee out there tonight? Okay, so you can speak to the people whose hands are raised. We have a few of them. Next. Uh, here are some upcoming service opportunities. Flyers are in the back of the room at the literature table. Um, and apparently um, we don't have anything like that. So um, <laughs> our next speaker is Bobby R. Uh, so she is starting next Thursday. Uh, please join us. And of course, uh, there is our Monday night big book study meeting. Uh, where the big book comes alive, and we are still on the doctor's opinion, which is the beginning of the book. So now would be a great time to come join us. Thank you. All right. So tonight, or we have tonight's session, and all past 12 weeks of this Paulette's wonderful steps on podcasts online for free at alcoholicsandgod.org. And I'd also like to invite everyone to our Monday night big book study. And uh, those who wish to thank Paulette, please line up down the middle. And uh, let's close with the Lord's Prayer. As Mike Chase says, who will bring us from shame to grace? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.
smiling The whole world Smiles with you Yes, when you laughing
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go.
Chase.
Just won't set me free. Well, clap your hands if you leave me too. 